0: In Apex, North Carolina Stay tuned At the end of the program We will give you information On how to contact us So be sure to have a pen and paper ready Today Pastor Rodney Will be teaching from the book of Nehemiah Chapter 1 So grab your Bibles and follow along Now with today's teaching Here's Pastor Rodney
1: But I'm going to tell you something God has been my father And God has taken care of me And I'm going to wait. And God was a better father to me than my father could have ever hoped to be. Even if he was the best. That's what statistics say. I'm saying you don't have to be that. I don't care what, where, how, whatever your background is, you don't have to be that. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. That's me. And no time for excuses. Excuses. There's no excuse, especially to the believer. Because we have Jesus Christ in our lives. Our culture, we're good at making excuses. We're good at making excuses in the church. Well, I'll pray about it. Well, let's seek the Lord's timing. Well, you know, I prayed on it, and I just don't really feel led to be in children's ministry, although I have seven children. (laughs) We'll get back to that. It's true, isn't it? I just don't feel led or, you know, we really need to pray about this or we need to pray about that. Listen, don't get me wrong. And please don't walk out of here thinking I'm saying we don't need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray about everything. But I can tell you something. There are some things that are so clear in this world. You don't need to pray about it. You don't need to pray about it. There's things in this book that we just know that God tells us, go into all the world and make disciples. We don't have to pray. Hey, Lord, do you want me to go make disciples? Well, let the little children come to me. Lord, do you really want me to let the little children come to you? Uh, Yeah. We don't need to pray about, but see, a lot of times they, you know, let me pray about it is an excuse. It's an excuse. The truth is, you know, people don't want to commit to getting involved in the things of God because it requires dedication, commitment, faithfulness to God. And I got to be honest, it isn't easy. But if you're waiting for easy, you're never going to serve God. If you're waiting for circumstances to be perfect, you'll never serve God. There is always opposition when you seek to serve a savior. You need to write that down. There's always opposition when you seek to serve a savior, but it's the people who break through and pray through the opposition that are used by God. And honestly, you know, again, we live in a culture where people make excuses and people are lazy. We've gotten so lazy in our culture. I think of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13 it says, the lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I'm going to be killed in the streets. Proverbs twenty-two thirteen. The lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I'm going to be killed in the streets. A lazy man would say, hey, I can't go out and get a job because there's a big old lion out there they would say, hey, I can't go out and look for a job because somebody might call me and I'll miss the phone call. You get that on the way home. Saints, listen, don't let your priorities get out of order. Keep Christ first in everything. Don't let your kids' involvement in sports, listen, I'm going to touch on something that's like the hot button in the, in the church today. All right. But Wednesday night, we're here because we're all mature Christians with spiritual teeth and we want the meat of the word and we want to get down to the truth. Am I right about it? I'll wait while you clap your hands and thank you for that freedom. We live in a culture where, you know, sports and our children in activities is taking our children out of church is taking our children out of the place where they can hear from God and 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 be changed and that spiritual foundation needs to be laid and I can't tell you how many times I've met people and I'm like hey how are you how are you how you been I haven't seen you in a while well yeah well you know uh, uh, uh I was going to say Johnny but cuz Johnny's the Johnny's the the all the all the boys names in the whole entire world and uh but Johnny uh, uh, is um, you know, well, he, he's in sports. He's been in soccer, and we just been all over the place. Well, wow, well, wow, we are so tired. We've been everywhere, and man, he is. But he is good. Oh, he's like ranking number one, Pastor Rodney. I'm like, oh my god, nice, nice. And man, I haven't seen you guys in church and. Sundays or Wednesdays. Well, you know, well, actually, you know, they they actually have the game on Sunday and they practice on Wednesday. Honestly, guys, this is just me. Listen, this is not etched in stone. This don't even have to be your opinion. You do not have to agree with it. This is just me. I'm saying I believe there's something very spiritually undercurrent going on there. I'm not a conspiracy conspiracy theory guy I'm just not but I honestly believe that Satan is setting that thing up to destroy our youth and take them out of church why is it that the games are on Sunday and the practices or vice versa I don't really know how it goes on with small kids but or but but there's always when it's time for church you you got to practice or you got a game and of course you want your kids, every good parent wants their child to be involved in something and wants them to, to be a part of something. And, and team sports is good. It's good for their health. It's good for their, their psyche. It's good for their emotion. It's good to get that energy out. And so you as a parent, you think you're doing the right thing by taking them to it. But actually, listen, you're doing actually the wrong thing. If you have no other outlet th- for for their spiritual life. You cannot sow the wind and not expect to weep the whirlwind. So you won't see it now, but you'll see it later. Now, Does that mean that you shouldn't have your child? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying it has always been my practice and our family's practice that if my children need to want to be in something that's going to take us away from church. I'm not saying you got to be there every time the door is open. I'm just saying if it's going to take them away from church. No, sweetie, we can't do that. We've got to figure out a way that you can be involved in something and we can also invest in your life spiritually because that is where really where is important. Please somebody clap your hands. I I really, really, really mean that and and I'm very, very passionate about it because I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over again. I have, we have, honey. And then they're 12, 13, 14, and now they're getting on drugs because of sports and they're not in that. And, you know, now they're getting up with a gang because now they feel more part of the gang than they do the youth group at church. You guys, listen, you got to, we, we as parents... We have got to be responsible to raise our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord and to do what is best for them in all areas of their lives mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. We have all of these responsibilities. There's no book on parenting. And for those of you that don't have children, listen, learn now. There's no book on parenting. You make a lot of mistakes. You do a lot of things that you really wish you hadn't done. And you say a lot of things. I didn't see nobody over here raise The perfect parents are over on this side. <laughs> Did I get it twisted? Maybe I just wasn't looking. Oh, let me try it again. Y'all just hold on. You do a lot of things that you really wish you hadn't done. There you go. Woo. I'm ready to say, Peter, we're going to be here for a minute. We got a lot of work. But we have to be mindful that we have a responsibility. Grandparents. As well, we ain't off the hook, right? We, we, we have to help. You can't take over, but you got to help, all right? And love your kids, and you love them enough to put them in the presence of the Lord. And sometimes I saying, no, can't do that sport. Not this year. We're going to find something else for you. We'll find something else. And God will honor that. God, God will bless you. Honestly, I look back at my children and, you know, hey, praise the Lord. They're kind of crazy, but hey, praise God. They're, they're all right. They're here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's my son sitting right there, so I'm, I'm actually picking on him right now. <laughs> He's clapping. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm happy to have my children around me and, and, and to see the Lord working in their lives. You know, but, 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 you know, don't, don't get me wrong and please don't get the Bible wrong. You know, God isn't saying even in our text in Haggai, God isn't saying, you know, you guys have nice paneled houses and that's a problem. You know, you got a nice panel in your living room and you're stuck in the 80s. God's not, no, I mean, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> you got nice panel houses, and there's no problem with that. God isn't saying if you have a nice house, you're a sinner. God isn't saying if you've got a nice chariot, you're a sinner. God isn't saying if, if, you, 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 know, if you have nice things, that's wrong. God is saying you have time for, for, for the things you want to do. You've got money and time to panel your houses and you've got time and money to get a nice car and you've got time and money for a room addition and decorate, but you have no time and no money for my work to do what I'm asking you to do. That's what God is saying. And in verse five, please go ahead and look at it. God says, consider your ways. You guys are working your fingers to the bone but you don't seem to have enough. You eat but you're never satisfied. You drink but you're still thirsty. You earn money and you put it in your pockets and your pockets have holes. God is saying you're working hard but you're not getting ahead. You're getting fat physically but you are empty spiritually. Nothing is satisfying you. Why? Because you're not seeking God first. Please write this down. Matthew 6:33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Can anybody say the rest with me? And all these things shall be added to you. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains a whole wide world and do what? Thank you. Happy and satisfied people are people who make the kingdom a priority. And happy and satisfied people are people who care about the church and care about the temple and they make it a priority. You'll be happy when you make the things of God a priority. And when you give to the work of the Lord and you give to the kingdom of God and you see fruit as a result of that, you know, I encourage you while we're on the topic, I encourage you give we need a bigger building is anybody guess look this is wednesday night this place i'd say put 50 people in here there'd be no more seats that means we're that means we're packed thank you my brother praise the lord Uh, well anybody glad about that (laughs) praise the lord wednesday night no big deal. No dancing bears. No, nothing going on. Just Bible study. This is nice. This is nice. Simple worship. After service, the pastors will be here to pray. Don't forget, every Wednesday night, they will be here to pray. Come pray simple. No, no big deal. And look, God's doing the work. Give to the work of the Lord so that maybe this year we can build and maybe I won't have to do five services, I can do four. And uh, it will make a difference, I'll tell you, four will make a difference. And, and but, 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 but make God's work a priority. And make the temple a priority. Make God's house a priority. Consider your ways. Look at verse 7 through 11. Consider your ways literally means put your heart on the roads and consider what direction your life is headed and determine if you want to continue that way. That's what consider your ways mean. Put your heart on the roads and consider what direction your life is headed and determine if you want to continue that way. God says, I am the one that's causing you not to prosper. Did y'all get that? I withheld the dew. I am the one withholding the fruit and the grain. I am withholding the new wine and the oil. And they're probably thinking, man, you know, they're probably thinking, man, a devil, a devil blocking my blessing. (laughs) Sometimes it's good. Just kind of get behind the text. You know what I mean? Get behind it. They're thinking, oh, man, what's going on here? The devil's all the devil. Won't, we, we don't have because God said ask and we we've been asking, but the devil's trying to get in there. But I'm telling you, our name and I claim it. We will have more oil. <laughs> really? OK. Is there any chance? Is there any possibility? Is there any fraction of a possibility that God is saying, I'm withholding the oil. I'm withholding the rain. Rain was important. I'm withholding the grain. I am withholding. Because of your disobedience. Because of your lack of priority. And clarity as it relates to. What it is God has called you to do and being about the father's business. And you can claim it all night long and you can tag in Jesus name all night long. But can I tell you something? If God's not blessing it, it won't be blessed. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And trust me, I believe God is a provider. You're looking at one that he has always provided for. Can I get a witness? Anybody in here? Can I get a witness? Anybody in here? Mm -hmm. Always. (laughs) He, He won't fail. Don't get me wrong. God won't fail. He won't fail. He cannot. He won't. But if you are disobedient to him. God says, You got time for your place, you putting in the nice puffy plants in your place, and my place is good growing weeds over it? What's wrong with this picture? I just summed up whole chapter three right there in one in one sentence right there. That's the whole thing. Remember, I told you this. Now I'm coming in for a landing. Remember I told you this wine is a symbol of the spirit, and it speaks of inward joy that the spirit brings. Oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit, and it speaks of outward anointing for service. So in application, the Spirit of God is not filling them or coming upon them because they fail to make God a priority. There's a spiritual dryness because of their disobedience to the commandment to build the temple. And here's a little insight for you. Many times dryness is indicative of disobedience. And somebody need to hear that. And for somebody, you came all this way to Calvary Chapel tonight for that one statement. (sighs) Tryness is disobedience. It's connected to your disobedience. That's why you ain't feeling it. That's why when you come to church, you just say, I'm not, uh, not feeling it. A nice sermon, Pastor Rodney. I'm just not feeling it. Just not feeling it. Dryness. Dryness is often connected with disobedience. Interesting. So in verse 8, God said, go up to the mountain. Look at verse 8. Go up to the mountain and get some wood. Now, you might think wood would be less expensive and stone might be better. No, not in that culture. Wood was more expensive. Stone was cheap. because stones and rocks were everywhere. So get this. God is saying, basically, don't shortchange my house. Get nice stuff. Get nice stuff. You know, isn't that what people do? I'm amazed by that. They give God junk, and they had nice stuff. You know, they have a garage sale, and know, all this stuff they ain't looked at that stuff in ten years. It's got cobwebs and dirt and all in it. They go, oh, you know, we don't need it. Let's get rid of this stuff. Let's take it to the church. It happens, y'all. I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. So we look at it, and we go, really. And then what we have to do is we just got to transport it somewhere to, you know, a Salvation Army or something like that, where maybe perhaps somebody, you know, hey, one man's junk is another man's treasure. I got that. And that's true. And that's fine. But but why is it that we get rid of stuff and we say give the junk to the church? God says, get nice stuff. And then conversely, a lot of times, even in the church, when you get nice stuff, people see nice stuff and they go, Man, they, they sure they got nice stuff. Mm, they probably paid, mm, what they pay for that? What they pay for that? Mm. Church uh, blowing up church's money. Pastor Rodney up there talking about s- support the ministry and all this. And they, they got a nice flat screen and all this nice stuff around. How dare they have nice stuff at church? <laughs> This is the world I live in (laughs) This is the world I live in How dare they have nice stuff at church God said go get some wood That was saying go get the nice stuff Because wood was expensive And bring that and begin To do the work of the Lord With nice things God told them to go get the wood And build the temple God could have built the temple himself, but he wanted them to do it and be involved in it so that they could be used by him. God didn't need them, but he chose to use them. Well, notice in verse 13 through 15, the message came in the first day of September on the 24th day of September. The people are on the job site working. The message came on the first day of September. Hear me. And on the 24th day of September, the people are on the job site working. That means within 23 days, they heard the word, got the materials, got the supplies together, and now ready to continue to do the work that had been left undone for 14 years. They began to obey the Lord and do what God said. And do you you look at verse 13? It says, God then said, I am with you. Why? Because they obeyed the Lord. After 14 years, 23 days, and now they back the word. The Lord stirred everyone's spirit. They heard the word, and they responded, and they obeyed. Christians, listen, please, please. And I'm going to stop right here. Enough. Please stop making Excuses. Stop making excuses. In every area, in everything... Serving the Lord, sweep the sidewalk, change the poopy diapers in the nursery, take a Sunday school class, work in the coffee bar, serve one another. We've been talking about serving one another. Serve one another. Do the work of the ministry. If God's telling you, you know, we're trying to do a bigger church and and I want to be a part of that, then give and give as best as you possibly can. Because it costs a lot of money, y'all, to build out a sanctuary hundreds of thousands to do what needs to be done here at Calvary Chapel. But obey the Lord and stop making excuses. Just obey.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,